One minute you're on vacation, the next minute you're on a table having a CT scan. Doctors have no idea what happened, but they do know you suffered a traumatic brain injury. What do you do next? Not sure? Stay tuned to find out how this happened to one woman and how it changed her life. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is The Good Dudes Grow 2.0. So, uh, basically, it's funny because I think we both started in the CBD realm exactly the same way, finding out some other issue we wanted to start with. Like we had a problem, my problem, my personal issues, I had a, my daughter was stuck on opiates and I was looking into different ways to get her off that. And it kind of, your story kind of resonated with it. So I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit on how you started your whole story and how it began and everything. And we can go from there. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so touched by uh, the email that you sent about your daughter. Um, you know, it's, I've heard that story too many times. Yeah, unfortunately, same as I. That's why we're, like I said, we're trying to change a few things and help other people. And especially being a firefighter, it's, I've been helping a few of my fellow firefighters get rid of some uh, depression, some anxiety, and some sleep issues. So your story, hopefully, it'll open up the doors to some other firefighters looking. Yeah, the other thing was firefighters. You say firefighters to me, and I'm just like, whatever you want, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you guys are the best of the best. Like, seriously. Like, I, you know, you don't carry a gun. You don't, you know, you're running two fires. You're all about saving people. Like, you guys are the, you guys are the shit. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) So, please tell us. you were on a vacation and then you, you fell and hit your head or how, how did that happen? So, yeah, so it was crazy. Um, I was with some girlfriends in Miami. It was part of a work trip, part sort of weekend with girls. And I very rarely do that because I just don't like to be away from my family. But it was like a short three day and my husband was like, you know what, it's Miami, you'll be in Florida, it'll be a little warm, Um, you know, you'll just hang out, it'll be 72 hours and you'll be home. And I was like, okay. I fly down there, my girlfriend's already down there, I fly down there, Uh, I go to the hotel, we have a little lunch. Uh, We hang out for a little bit. Um, I'm making sure I'm well hydrated, I'm under an umbrella. Um, and we go upstairs to get ready for dinner. My girlfriends are girly girls. They're taking forever. I'm just like, you know, throw some on. I'll see you downstairs. I'm waiting for them downstairs. And I had, um, I was at the hotel bar. I had a half a glass of red wine. Didn't taste very good to me. So I didn't really finish it. I'm not a big drinker. Anyway, we get to dinner. We order appetizers. I stand up and I say, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling too well. 
and I open my eyes, and the next thing I know, I'm having a CAT scan in the hospital. No, that must have been scary. So it was uh, very scary, very disorienting, and very, um, well, I was presenting as a stroke victim, so I I had the wherewithal, and I knew enough not to move, because I knew I was having a CAT scan, or I knew I was having some sort of procedure in a hospital, so I just sort of laid there, but afterwards, when I tried to move, or when I tried to speak, I, I was presenting as a stroke victim. I couldn't speak. My words were all garbled. I couldn't move. Um, I was in a lot of pain. And I just uh, knew that there was something wrong physically, but more, more importantly, with my brain. I could feel that my brain was short-circuiting. I could feel um, uh, uh, headaches and throbbing. Right. And it turned out that I had fallen um, now it's unclear whether I'd fainted or whether I had a seizure, but I fallen, I hit my, the back of my head and fractured my skull, four and a half inch fracture. Okay. Impact was so strong that my head thrusted forward. I hit the front of my face, uh, and my head and it bruised the whole front part of my brain. And I had two giant black eyes. Oh. And so I was in the hospital and I was unable to communicate with anybody. I was unable to understand really what was going on. As I said, my brain was short circuiting all the time. I couldn't understand. And if I did understand, couldn't communicate, the words weren't coming out. Finally, my mom flew down. My husband was home with the, with stayed with our kids. My mom flew down and uh, got me back to New York. Eventually after about a week, I was on right. a lot of anti-seizure medication, put me on all these things because I just didn't know what was happening. Right. Did you have any other, did you have any other seizures while you were in the hospital no. or nothing? Just, just basically the, the fogginess, couldn't communicate. No, couldn't... Um, I didn't have, I, I don't have it. I don't have a history of seizures at all. There is right. a history of epilepsy in my family. So I think that's why they were okay. a little concerned. Um, okay. So I finally got back to New York and uh, like New Yorkers do, as soon as you land, everyone tells you the best doctor, you've got to go see this doctor and this neurologist <laughs> and this neurosurgeon and this, you know, whatever. So I went to go see a whole bunch of um, guys with big diplomas on their wall from Stanford and Yale and Harvard, Princeton. And they all said the same thing to me. You have a traumatic brain injury, a TBI, and uh, we suggest brain and bed rest which is laying in bed, uh, dark room for long periods right. of time until the swelling goes down and then they could assess the damage. And I do remember my husband asking how long. And one of them was like, it could be a year. And another one was like, it could be up to three years. Yeah, because you were, from what I read, you were active, you were, you know, you were creating stuff, you know. Yeah, I was a creative director of an online retail uh, company. I'm a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher. Um, I have two kids who were at that time pretty small, now older. So bed rest is not something you're used to. No, bed rest is not <laughs> only something I'm not used to. It is not within my personality. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm a type A personality. Like a year, three years, I'll get rid of this in like six weeks. Like I can do this. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, as soon as I got home, like day three of laying in this dark room without any stimuli, um, I was like, okay, this is crazy. And my husband came in and said, listen, we can't live like this. Like we need to find an alternative. 
And I was open to it. I mean, I was so desperate. I didn't want to live like this. Um, but I couldn't communicate and I couldn't research. And I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't really move very well. So, uh, you know, the, the man is a saint and he did all this research and he came back and he said, listen, I think I found an alternative. And he's like, but don't freak out. And I thought, okay, he's talking about acupuncture, Reiki, all of the things that I do, all alternative medicines, all things that I'm open to and have done in the past. But then he said, don't freak out. And I was like, what's he, what's, what's he talking about? He said, I've been doing some research online and um, I've been reading. And you have to remember, this was like seven years ago. Right. So CBD was like, what? She said, I've been reading online about these clinical trials happening in Israel and they're doing work with um, soldiers who have had head injuries uh, with IEDs as well as having PTSD. And CBD is really seem, seems to help, especially as it is a natural anti-inflammatory. And I remember saying, what, uh, what CBD? Like, I don't know what that is. And he said, this is the part, don't freak out. It's, uh, you know, it's extracted from, from cannabis. And I was like, nope. I remember being like, nope, I'm not getting high. I'm not getting stoned. I already feel stoned and crazy. Like, no, I was just like, boom, hands went up. He said, I knew you were going to say that, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not THC. It's CBD. Um, it's pretty new. Um, and I think he just says, listen. And I was like, okay, I trust my husband. Right. Um, and he sort of started telling me all of the things that he had learned. And I was like, you know what? I feel a little bit more comfortable now hearing all of this. I understand. But I do want to talk to some health professionals. I do want to talk to people who I know have been using cannabis therapeutics in their own lives, as well as health practitioners, doctors who have been working with the plant. Right, right. Uh, it's important to me. I mean, this yeah. was a big TBI. This is a big, important. Um, it's not something like even coming from my background, that's something that we would go out and use all the time thinking that we would get some medical benefit out of it. It's just, yep. Right. The therapeutics of it was, 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 was new to me. You know, I had right. spent my youth, um, you know, as a recreational user, not a big one and ne not necessarily, you know, frequently, but enough that I knew what the plant potential was and I knew why I was using it. Right. Um, and to make that shift to a medicinal use to plant therapeutics and creating a, a protocol that I thought was going to heal me or help me was challenging at first to right, think exactly. about it in that way to make that paradigm shift. Yeah. And so uh, I did what I, what I thought I should do. And I just started talking to as many people as I could. I was, we're very lucky in that we have um, family out on the West coast who are uh, in the industry and have been for 30 years, cultivators, growers, um, and have had a really um, strong connection to the plant, not only in adult use, but also in therapeutics medicine. And so uh, once we put the word out, uh, we got incredible feedback. People were incredibly generous with their understanding, with their research, with right. their uh, anecdotal evidence, all of the things that I needed to hear um, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm getting more comfortable with this. Sure, okay, okay. Um, but then you also have to remember, once you start getting comfortable with something that is brand new to the market and you live in New York, which is a prohibition state. Right. You're like, now what? How do exactly. I get this stuff? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we put the word out again and uh, friends and family rallied and found us um, lots of different types of CBD. 
we found we we got our hands on anything from uh, topicals to tinctures, tea, um, you know, uh, and inhalation methods. Right. All different things came, uh, but nothing was labeled. There was no concept about dosage. Uh, there was no sort of like, what are the effects going to be? Like, right. it was nothing. Everything was trial by error. Exactly. And I do what everybody says to do. I just naturally started low and slow. You know, I just did a little tiny bit of something, waited, see how I felt. And then I titrated up to my optimal dose or I stepped back or I didn't like it or I tried something else. Right. Um, and eventually I realized uh, what would work for me, the protocol that was right for me. And it, it also was challenging because it changes, you know, yes. what worked for the one week, uh, all of a sudden shifted the next week. Right. Again, it all depends on how the plant's grown. It all depends, you know, every plant we know is grown. It's in itself is grown differently. Exactly. So trying to, trying to get the consistency is really tough. Yeah, and the intake methods are very different. Um, you know, understanding um, an edible versus an inhalation, right. a topical. Um, so there was a lot of there was a lot of um, there was a lot of like you said, trial and error. You know, there was also the hemp derived CBD versus a marijuana derived CBD with um, THC in it. Right. Um, then well, then the layer the next layer of education for me was terpenes and understanding. Um, the therapeutic benefits of terpenes on top of THC and CBD. And I just am so thankful that I had no idea about CBN or CBG back then because that <laughs> another level of like chaos to my brain. I could barely keep all of those things together. I, I, I had to have flashcards because I just couldn't, my brain was so scrambled. I just couldn't remember anything. And, it, and it's funny because everybody says, oh, there's no information out there. I'm like, no, there's information out there. You just got to look for it. It's it's out there. Yeah, and you also have to also have to remember what's true and right. what's real and what's fact and what's science. Right. Um, and I'm all for anecdotal evidence, um, and I appreciate it, especially when the plan has been illegal for so long and there's not a lot of research. There wasn't a lot of research. There's more research now, but you definitely have to make sure that you're talking to a, a trusted professional right. in in these instances, as well as. Uh, a trusted manufacturer. Um, and so we were lucky, like we knew a lot of the, the people that were sending us stuff. So I trusted that. But once it became a business, um, for me, it really shifted the way that I look at the supply chain. Um, anyway, I, I ended up finding a great protocol. Um, and within three months, I was feeling so much better, so much so that I could get up, I could walk around, um, I was eating. I had actually lost my sense of smell and taste um, from from the experience. Really? Yeah, taste has come back, um, smell has not come back at all. Really? Uh, yeah, so um, that's that was a curious sort of, um, I think it's because I bruised the front part of my brain um, and the olfactory. Um, so, I started to feel a lot better. Three months went by and around six months, I was able to start to slowly one day, two day, three day, four day, five days a week, go back to work. Um, but I was still a little shaky and I still was a little nervous, but the relief was there. Um, the inflammation went down incredibly fast. Um, I was able to be more focused. My speech came back. Um, I was able to walk. All of the things that I thought were gonna take, as I said, a year, up to three years, we're coming back a lot quicker. Um, 
And when I did start getting back to work, it was great. Um, but I had a team, I had a, I, at some, at one point in my career, I was, I had 40 people, I had a team of 40 people. It was a lot of, it was a big job and it had a, right. I had a lot of work. And um, when the company was sold to a, another company, the new company wanted me to come along with my team. And I said, you know what, I'm going to help you and my team transition. But once that's sort of stuck, <laughs> I'm going to step back and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, you know, find, find a different path. Right. When I came home and said, I quit to my husband, I quit my job and I want to start a cannabis company. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you decide once you see everything that it's done for you and you kind of notice and you see anecdotal what's going on and everything else, you start thinking, how can I get this out to other people? Because even though when you're in that realm, it seems everybody knows about it. There's still not many people some people know about it, but it's still, like you said, like you and I, not worth really want to go there. Like they still have the old, the old philosophy and myths of like, oh no, I'm not going to get stoned. It's, it's, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And there's, you know, for me, it was really important. There were three things when I started this business. Um, it was definitely access, which meant, you know, really good quality product that had, you know, certificates of analysis that were lab tested. Um, and like I said, the supply chain was clean and that was important to me and also accessible in price. But the second part was even kind of, and still is to this day more important, which was education. Right. Because you're learning and you're unlearning a lot about, exactly. a lot about the history of the plant, the politics around the plant, the racism around the plant, as well as the science around the plant. Right. And then the third thing was inspiration. You know, you mentioned the, the sort of, you know, stereotypical, point of view about, you know, lazy stoners, granola, hippies, whatever it is, you know, that sort of needed to change. So that idea of, um, or those ideas of access, education, and inspiration are the three things that are sort of drive the business on a daily basis. And whether I'm focusing on one or the other, all three are always there. So which one did you start first? So did you start creating your product first? Because I know you went with the Indigo and co-founded Indigo and Hayes. Yeah, so I did it wrong. I did it wrong. <laughs> I am the first one to admit I completely did it wrong. Um, I started out thinking, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to curate product. I'm going to create product and I'm going to curate product because there were some sort of products that I, I knew I was never going to make. Then there were really good product out there already. There's a great vape pen out there. There's a great, right. um, you know, clean um uh, vape experience. Um, but there were some things that weren't out there. There was a daily body moisturizer. There were some things that weren't out there that I made. So I was like, I'm going to just sort of get all this great product together, really curate it, really make it very special and just throw it on an e-commerce site and boom, everybody's going to show up. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, as you know, and X amount of years ago, when you put up an e-commerce shop that said CBD on it, be on it you were immediately taken down um and then you had to find a new platform and then again you're immediately taken down and then you find a third platform and it sticks and you hope it stays but then it take you get taken it gets uh taken down because your payment plan is no longer right so you switch payment plans and then they stay down <laughs> so there are all of these things um as you well know that I went through the, I went through exactly the same thing. I know exactly where you're coming from. You're juggling all these things. Like I finally got it. All of a sudden, that now start over again. Um, and then you try to market it, and then you try to do digital marketing. Um, you know, five, six, seven years ago, and they're like, nope, 
So, you know, there are so many challenges. Um, once I did sort of stabilize the e-commerce part, um, I knew that we were going to be able to do a little bit more of digital marketing and that it would loosen up eventually. So I ended up um, sort of backburning that part and working on the education part. And so I started a magazine, um, Women in Weed, uh, focusing on women in the plant. And it was important for me, as I mentioned before, the education part of it was learning and unlearning it, but also understanding this, this plant is not just the chemical compounds or the, the compounds that are extracted from it. Um, you know, hemp has so many incredible uses, as we know, from textiles and rope, also biodiesel fuel, an alternative to plastic, an alternative to concrete. And so I wanted to make sure that people understood the well-roundedness of the plant and the understanding that... Um, you know, the, 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 this is the this is a possible future where we are better people because of it. Exactly. I, I tell people, I, say, I tell a lot of people, because oh, you know, this car has hemp in it. They're like, no, it doesn't. I says, you do know that Henry Ford built the first hemp, fully hemp car way back when, did you not? And like, no, and they did research. I'm like, oh my God, I never knew that. Yeah, and now there are houses being built um, all over the world. There's a great, the first, beautiful one in Israel that I wrote about. And then there's one in Bellingham, Washington that's being built. So there's a bunch of different things happening around the plant that isn't just THC and CBD. Right. Which is really important. Yes, because that, help, that helps everybody. Not only does it help uh, the people looking for the environmental aspect of it, but also helps our farmers who are struggling right now and finding stuff yes. that benefits them as well. Yes, the agricultural part of it is an important part of it because the supply chain starts from there. And if I want to make sure that my end product is as pure and organic and, and good and the goodness is there, it starts with the farmer. And quite frankly, it starts with the soil. You know, there's exactly. companies that are working very hard to create incredibly clean soil to make sure because, you know, as you know, the hemp plant will suck up all the toxins and yep. those in, the, in the plant. So I think that the, the, the idea around the magazine was to make sure that people understood the full breadth of the industry, as well as understanding that it's not just about growing and making product. But there's, um, you know, extractors, there's formulators, there's cultivators, um, there's people who deal with, you know, winterizing people who deal with the, all different aspects of the supply chain. And that if you have those skills in one industry and you are thinking about transitioning to cannabis, there are places for you that doesn't that don't require you working in a dispensary or like growing the plant. Exactly. The whole middle ground there. Um, and there's also a whole middle ground in terms of the spectrum of how you use the plant. You know, there's the hardcore medicinal, there's the hardcore rec, adult use, but in between is all this sort of wellness area that people right. look at. As you mentioned before, sleep issues, chronic pain, anxiety, um, especially during pandemic times. Exactly. So the magazine um, took off pretty quickly. I was sort of surprised. I, I partnered with a great publisher who had incredible distribution because one of the things that I really was focusing on as well is making sure that the information was getting out to the people who needed it. Industry people uh, tend to talk to each other where right. I was really interested in making sure that the magazine was on the newsstand in the local Wawa's, in the local uh, supermarket, in the right. local... Um, you know, wherever. Um, and the distribution partner that I had was able to do that. We were in CVS, we were in Target, we were in Walgreens, um, we were in, you know, it depends what part of the country we're in, but we were all over the place, Barnes and Noble. 
Um, and we were able to sell quite a few copies, quite a lot of copies. That's amazing. Focusing again, not only on, on women in the industry today, but also the history of the plant um, and making sure that people understand the reason why prohibition and the schedule one happened. And like I mentioned before, the racist background and, and, and how horrible the, the justice system is and all of those things that work around the plant, those ancillary um, pieces of the puzzle. Exactly. It's kind of, I'm, 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 fighting, I'm fighting the same thing with the, the heads of the fire department because they have that federal grant money and they're like, they're like it's, there's ways to do it, but that's not going to affect that federal grant money. It's, but I just have to open the conversation with them and they have to be willing to understand it. So I'm trying to educate them on certain processes and I'm hoping stuff like that you're doing and this conversation here will help them understand like, Oh, it's not just about, like we said, getting high, being the stoner, look at a bunch of firefighters driving fire trucks are all stoned and piped out. It's no, 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 no. It's not, it's not what we're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not looking for that. Definitely not looking for that. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. You, you did a lot of studies and I get this question all the time and it's, I say it, but some people don't understand it. CBD, it does affect the women differently than men. Oh, a hundred percent. And that was something that I had to learn. Um, and it was, it was interesting because my husband was sort of parallel pathing with me when I was trying to heal and he was trying out product as well. Um, and when I, it was, it was a funny moment because I would find relief or I would say, Oh, this product is great. And he'd be like, Nope, I feel nothing. This isn't doing anything. And then vice versa, you know, he'd be like, wow, this is great. And be like, what? Like, no, my wife and I have the same thing that. Yeah. yeah. And it depends. Like it's, it's hormonal. It's, you know, weight, it's size, it's tolerance. It's your, I mean, you and I have our, you know, our intestines, our lungs, our heart and our brain are all in the same place, but that's where it stops. The nuances and the subtleties of, of how you and I are different are, 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 are there. And I think it affects, and I know it affects um, women very, very differently, especially to your, your intake method, you know, inhalation versus, you know, edibles. Um, yes, inhalation is a pretty quick onset for most people and edibles, you have to wait till the digestive right. system, you know, processes it. Um, but, you know, my tolerance level um, for an edible um, is, is, you know, I, less is more for me. So the lower the dosage, the more I feel the effects. Right. Um, which was also new to me as well, because I thought, oh, if I'm not feeling anything, just take more, just keep doing more. That's uh, the society we are in. One is good. Three is even better. Exactly. Exactly. And that is something I had to unlearn. I mean, that was sort of shocking to me to sort of wake up and realize that. But um, once I sort of realize I'm talking about quality, not quantity. Right. Uh, it, it was a game changer. It was a big paradigm shift for me. That's amazing. That's it was, it, it was, it was life-changing. It has been life-changing. And I can't, so what's, just- what's next. What's next for you now? What goes on the next? Um, See a couple so, on the horizon. Yeah. So I've been really um, coming back to this education portion of it. Okay. Um, the beginning of the pandemic, when everything was shut down, um, dispensaries were seen as essential. So they stayed open. And so um, I worked for the first three months of the pandemic in a dispensary. Okay. They needed help and they needed the manpower and they needed people who ha- had some education around the plant. And it was a bigger eye opener. 
um, you know, this was um, a time when people were beyond anxious and stressed. This was a time when um, that led to sleep deprivation and right. the chronic pain. Um, and so it was really important for me to sort of get to the people and hear what was happening. Um, and it still resonates that the education part of the part of the puzzle um, isn't quite there yet. Not only with the general population and people who are coming in to dispensaries, but also people who are working in the dispensary. You know, we're talking about, there's a group of people who have been working in dispensaries a long time and who have been around the plant forever, but there are lots of people who want to come into the industry and work um, and see it as a growth industry, um, but they have no background on the, on the plant. Right. And so I've been working um, with an incredible group, um, uh, MCM, um, medicalcannabismentor.com. And we, um, it's Dr. Janella Chin, who's been working with the plant for years. Right. Um, and they've created um, a series of videos, educational videos that are focused um, for different, different groups. So there's some for dispensary um, workers. There's some for pharmacists. There's some for doctors healthcare practitioners, health coaches, wellness coaches, nurse practitioners, nurses. Um, and, and so I'm working to get that content into people's hands. Okay. So for dispensaries, it's about training and onboarding new folks, being able to access information, not only on the history of the plant, but the science dosages, et cetera as well as working with doctors and nurses, because while it still is federally illegal, um, it's going to change pretty quickly. It's already changing really quickly. Right. And I want to make sure that doctors and nurses, nurse practitioners, um, pharmacists as well, because, you know, especially in New York pharmacists are, you know, run the show here. Um, make sure that not only do they know the science and know the background and know the information, but keep up. So we keep updating the modules and making sure we're keeping up with the times. So I'm really focusing on the education. Having said that, and, and these videos, which I think is sort of, you know, the new future. Right. Um, but having said that, um, I am the e-commerce site is still up and running. Um, product is still up there. Um, we are talking with two new companies um, to include them into our uh, family of Indigo and Hayes. Um, so again, just keeping all of those things going and, and making sure that while the education is still strong in there, you have access to product. Like I said, that's been you know lab tested and the certification is out there, um, but that's also financially, you know, accessible to people. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to look up that the, the mentoring website. I'll put a link for anybody that wants it in the bottom of our podcast, also because I think that'll also help me in the long run educate some of the fire department, and they have an, always an access to it as well. Well, that, I think what could be really interesting, um, and we can talk about this, um, because this is something that I want to try to create, and it might be interesting with the firefighters, is a pilot program where, you know, we just have like, it's like a small setup fee because you have to just hook it up to your computers. Right. Um, but you can just, you can have access to the videos 24-7. Um, people can just, you know, the firefighters can just go to, the, to, the, to their website. Right. Um, with a special code, you know, access this information. And it's purely educational. We're not asking anybody to take anything, try anything, right. do anything. And I feel like most of the time, people feel a lot more comfortable with 
that sort of educational background as well as understanding the science. Exactly. It's, that's going to make them feel comfortable. Yes. I, I realize that. That's what I realized with my, my fire department. I says, let's, let's not worry about the stigma and the federal grant money and all this. Let's just start a conversation on educating you on the plant itself and everything and what it can do and how it can help firefighters. And then from there, we can go on a little bit further if you want to or not, but open the door to that conversation first and that education. Cause that, cause Again, like you said, most people say one pill is good, three pills better. Firefighters say three, we'll go to six and eight, you know, as fast as we can. And but, I, want, I definitely want to avoid that for sure. Exactly. And I think the other thing, and especially with the firefighting community, is that, you know, the plant is really about a holistic approach to living. And so what I love about being a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher, as well as, you know, cannabis advocate, is that if you sort of change your lifestyle as well as include the plant, you're going to see even faster, more major changes. Meditation right. in the plant combination is beautiful. Breathing, the the I mean, it sounds crazy to say breathing, but you know, breath techniques and right. being mindful of that breath. I mean, there's so many times where I have combined um, CBD and meditation classes and people just leave completely shifted and changed. Um, and Amazing. so I think it's also part of the process with people um, and especially in, a, in an industry like firefighting, which is so high intensity um, and can be very, very stressful. Yes, definitely. Well, Lena, I appreciate your time today. I, I, more information I could actually hold and I think it's going to, it's going to help me, but I, I love the story. I'm hoping it'll get me, like I said, I've opened those doors with the fire departments, let them understand a little bit more. Um, I'm going to hook up with you later. Maybe we can do something with the educational aspect of it for yeah. the fire departments. Let me know. I'm here. I love it. All right. Beautiful. And I'll put a link to your website and everything else to both websites down in this thing. And if there's anything else you need from me, I'll just reach out. Ilana, you have yourself a great day. You too. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is Podcast Powertrain. Right now, they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material. If you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked, all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there. Also, if you're looking for a platform, not sure which platform to use to record your show on Riverside FM is the one we use. You can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside, check them out and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but. Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. So make sure you share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.